What up? Oh, it's the stink boy. Uh-oh. Stink boy, stink boy. You smell that? Stink you boy's that? in the house. You smell that? Stink boy. <sighs> Welcome to Bundle Buddies, this is a podcast where we play through the HNIO bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Honnett. No Eric Roth this week. At the intro portion of things, um, we are not doing a great job of managing <laughs> exactly when we record these things. Uh, if you are listening to this uh, live the week it originally came out, you'll notice there was a little bit of delay today. That was totally my bad. Um, I'm getting to be a little bit of a busy boy. But here we go. HIO Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840-plus creators, and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 47, and we have played 133 of the 1,365 games in the bundle. Thank you for joining me today. Um... Hi. Yeah, no Eric this week, unfortunately. Uh, but he's good. I'm good. We're doing well. Um, this week's episode, it's unfortunate he's not here because this is a really, really cool one that he made happen. Uh, the guest this week is Matt Glanville. He's an indie freelance video game designer uh, living in Leeds, the UK. He made the game Switch and Shoot, uh, which was a game that Eric played in an episode where I wasn't there, uh, but he loved it so much I had to check it out. Uh, it's been one of our favorite games from the bundle. We've played so far. You can find out that and a lot more at his website, mattglanville.com. Uh, Matt's awesome, and we have a really, really wonderful conversation with him. So you're in for a real treat. Uh, the cause this week is a little bit of an interesting one. I Googled uh, Leeds Mutual Aid. Usually location mutual aid is uh, a great way to find um, organizations or individuals that you can make uh, an impact with, like with just a little bit of money. Um, I found a Google Doc for Leeds COVID-19 Mutual Aid Network, which led me to learn about the National Food Service uh, in the UK. Um, their vision is a national food service as a public good, one that provides a sustainable and, and resilient and affordable food system where good food is available to everyone, distributed equitably, and eaten with company. Um, I couldn't figure out how to actually donate to the National Food Service, uh, the closest individual organization that they sponsor or are affiliated with um, to Leeds is the Food Hall in Sheffield, a not-for-profit social enterprise that brings people together through food. They run a contribute-what-you-can food delivery service that hosts numerous other branch projects and activities in which people can share food, company, skills, and time, creating utopia there in Sheffield. Uh, during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic, their emergency, emergency food parcel response has fed over 13,000 people in the city and volunteers have given over 7,000 hours of their time. Uh, www.foodhealthproject.org. Um, it sounds like a really amazing cause uh, and one that is doing excellent work supporting people um, through food, which is really, really fantastic. Uh, we've donated to them, and if you donate, send proof to bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com. We will shout you on the show. Uh, let's hop right into it. This is Matt Glanville with me and Eric. It's a fun one, and I'll catch you on the other side. 
Okay, very funny. Okay, that's very funny, Alex. I know we have to condition our guests pretty quickly. Just like oh, yeah. we're, kind of, we're, we're a couple of cut ups. We're gonna be obnoxious <laughs> as hell. It's fine by me. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Yeah. Um, yeah. Think, should we should we get started? How are you feeling, Alex? Yeah, we we have on the podcast this week the amazing uh, Matt. Please, I'm gonna try to pronounce your last name, but correct me wrong. Glanville. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's way how I off. It, Absolutely but... way <laughs> off. <laughs> I, oh my god. <laughs> I don't think that's how the French would pronounce it, and it and it is a French name. Yeah, Jeanville. I'm going to try because my French pronunciation <laughs> is awful, but it is a did French you, name in origin. Did you take French in school? Was that something? Yeah, a little bit when I was like, yeah, yeah like eleven years old for a couple of years, and then I switched to German because I, I was more comfortable with that. It so is sort of funny to think about. Be, yeah. Oh man, that. what would it be in German? <laughs> like, oh, man. Grand? Uh, I can't even like, do it. Glam Villa. Well, we we had you on specifically only to talk about European languages <laughs> and uh, your last name. Yeah. So thank you so much. Primary for... school in English versus the United <laughs> States, guys. Yeah, being, Things are wacky. being a European, I am I'm qualified to talk about anything. <laughs> uh, Matt, why don't why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, yeah, my name's Matt. As we've as we've said, uh-huh. uh, I'm a I'm a game developer. Um, currently, I'm working on my own, um, making small indie games. Um, I mostly make stuff that's like fast-paced, arcadey, mm. um, really kind of crunchy and like challenge-based mechanics heavy. Um, I've also worked on a bunch of um, studio titles in the past. Um, my most well-known work was on Oddworld: New and Tasty. Um, cool. And I did some work on Oddworld Soulstorm as well, uh, which just came out recently. Um, and I've worked in a bunch of studios before that as well. I've worked at like EA and um, Climax, which is a, a studio over here. Um, yeah, and before that, I was like a hobbyist for, for a long time, I guess like 10 plus years. So I've been wow. making games in some way since like the late 90s. But, you know, kind of starting cool. in a really, really like grassroots kind of free time kind of way. That's... Um, uh... And so we met, we became familiar with you through um, a game that we played in the in the bundle, uh, Switch and Shoot, which mm. I had such a blast playing. Thank you so much for making that game. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you, you mentioned that you listened to a couple episodes. So the, the sort of <laughs> dynamic of the crew is that I'm like the wishy-washy, like, it's all good. You made a game, Dad. And Eric <laughs> is like the, no, I want this to be fun. I want to play this and have a good time, Dad. And uh, you really scratched that itch for him. He was like, "This game fucking rules." So he, you, that's that's the hardest one to get. Well, well, the Eric I, test. well, you know, I like what I liked about it, um, and and I wonder if you could speak to this in in some ways is because we played like a handful now. It's actually like kind of a pretty common, you know, like Gallica, you know, type style game, right? And um, yeah. And as we've played through, we've probably played, we're like nearing on 150 games, right? And um, and one of the things that I've been saying for a while as we played through this is like, okay, so like, what is this, you know, what makes this game different? Like, why is this, why are we playing this and not? Yeah, why, know, like why would we play this? Why should, why should we do this? And, mm-hmm. and so I think for a lot of people, you know, their solution to that with specifically these types of like, you know, Alien Vader uh spaceship shooter games is to add like a um 
almost like an RPG element or like, you know, that kind of mm. like, okay, you get credits, you can spend those credits on upgrades and that's the way to do it. And right. what I loved about your game was, was you were like, actually, what if we made it less? Like, what if we, what if we took away more mechanics and that's yeah, what makes right. it interesting and cool. And, um, and I thought that that was so smart and so awesome. <laughs> so like, well done. What can you, can you give us a little, like uh, a history of switch and shoot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, cause that's, that's really, really awesome to hear. Um, but it, I think like really it, it kind of came from a place of like, it's not like I set out to, to kind of strip down that genre. Like yeah. I didn't go like, Oh, I like these kind of games, but I want to, I want to like try them pushing them in a different direction it, it wasn't really that at all it was more like um it started from the mechanic and it started from like kind of that that fully formed um whole like structure and, and system of gameplay like the, the one button um I should probably quickly explain like how it works um so you have a little spaceship it's like space invaders but you're constantly mm. moving side to side and um whenever you shoot you also change directions so so you can't control your movement you're always moving in one way or another um but every time you shoot you flip so you like constantly like juggling juggling your direction and trying to time your shots that way um and that mechanic was like the thing i started with like that just popped into my head one day and i was like oh yeah i think that that would be quite fun like that could that could work and started prototyping it from from just that basic mechanic and at the time i didn't have any idea of like it was going to look like what it was going to like kind of sound and feel like or anything like that um so i built it up from there and it like you know very quickly it was like okay well it kind of seems like it would be a shooter like mm -hmm. you've got a spaceship moving and you're shooting upwards so like well it's kind of like those old shoot em ups right where stuff like comes down from the top and you're shooting upwards like everything just kind of like naturally emerged from there and it all just fit into place and 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 the aesthetic grew out of that as well like these really um really really sort of lo-fi um like one bit i guess it's not technically one bit because i use a few different colors um, i don't know i'm pretty loose and loose with the like actually sticking to technical restrictions but um uh -huh. but all of that just like came naturally out of the mechanics um and i and i added little bits just to just to kind of give it a bit more of, the, of a, an interesting loop um but it but it definitely wasn't trying to strip back anything it was more like like obviously i was trying to keep it small and that's mm. that was why it ended up being small but but it, yeah it, that's it's cool like it's it sounds... kind of a happy accident <laughs> well it sounds a little bit like uh <laughs> it sounds like a almost like a musician kind of like thinking of a riff and then building a song off that riff and then just sort of being like that's a yeah. song well I, and that's what's really yeah. interesting it's just like i there is so many games specifically and i guess i can't really speak to the creative process but a lot of the times it feels like you play a game and it, what's what you're describing like someone wanted to innovate on a specific kind of idea so to actually just have the inspiration and then chase it down and follow it is like it's not that it's the more authentic way but it certainly is like the more like inspire like creative like inspiration f forward kind of thing as opposed to like being part of an explicit community where you're commenting and like ingesting like and iterating on different versions you are much more just like oh this was an idea i'm kind of building out this thing um which i love i, I think that um it's like the true creator spirit matt you know? <laughs> there's got to be a I german word for that you know for speaking about <laughs> yeah. that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't study it for that long. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, like generally when you look at like 
any kind of creative medium, like the best mm. stuff can often come from that kind of right that kind of place where it's like oh we had this like one like spark of an idea in it and and when it's strong enough at the start like that you kind of know that you're onto something even though even if you don't know exactly where it's going to end up you know that you've got kind of something good to begin with yeah and it's just about building it up in the right way well it's when also, you're trying to like it can be oh, infuriating to do the opposite right to like spend it like two years yeah. on something and you're like oh it's just not working and then like one day you're like oh i had this idea and i followed it through and it's the best thing i ever did and i spent like 30 minutes on it. you're like Fuck yeah me. yeah it's kind of annoying because it's like I, I wish i could just have one of those every day you know? yeah <laughs> well and and that's my, my my next question sort of along those lines well i have i have two the first one is kind of a quick one but like how long did it take you to, to kind of create switch and shoot from like when you had that idea to like actually having a robust thing that you felt pretty comfortable with um it's kind of a messy timeline because I, sure. I picked it up and put it down repeatedly throughout development. Um, the whole, the whole, t like, from when I first started working on it to when I released it on Steam was about, I want to say like a year or two, mm. um, somewhere in that ballpark. But it didn't, it wasn't like constant development. Um, it, to get to the point where I was really happy with it was maybe let's say like six months and then, and then maybe cool. like a few more months of um, like polishing it and adding like, you know, like achievements and leaderboards and all that totally annoying stuff that just takes ages. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, that annoying stuff that like months. hooks you. You know what I mean? I, that, I definitely, the leaderboard is very fun in there. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A lot of people like really clicked with that. So I kind of, the more I worked on it, the more I like put that front and center. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause that just seems to be like, it's really like the, one of the key parts of the game. Like I know a lot of games have leaderboards and it's not necessarily the thing you're aiming for, but I really wanted it to be like your score. You've just got that. It's one big number and that's like mm -hmm. your kills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you do get a multiplier on that too, but, um, but it's basically just like a, a really kind of simple scoring system and it's like front and center all the time. And, and when you end, like when you, when you eventually get game over, um, it's just like boom, that's your score, and then here's your here's your. It, well, it's so, very clever. I, I didn't I didn't pay close enough attention to know if this is true, but the idea of having the it's very easy in that game, I think, to get like second, and then it feels like almost impossible to <laughs> yeah. get first, which is itself like such a funny detail. Yeah, like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh man, you can climb up there, like, but to get number one is actually really hard. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely love that. That's such a fun choice. <laughs> yeah, like all the all the scores were. Um, like friends and family, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, and most of them are pretty low. Um, and then mm -hmm. there's like me at the top. Cause obviously I played it more than anyone at the time, <laughs> but people have surpassed that by a long shot now. Oh, I'm um, sure. Oh, really? Cool. It's like, yeah, yeah. I like, can't, I, I got to 627. I I've been playing. Okay. I kind of play it. Uh, it's like a nice fun game for me to like, you know, when I have like, you know, there's like, you know, like I have like seven minutes to kill, right? <laughs> or like, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. stressed out and I just sort of like, I need to like, I'm kind of sitting around and working and I don't want to pay attention to my work. You know, I'll, I'll boot it up and I'll play. Uh, yeah. But I have 627 is kind of where I've gotten to. And I've I'm much lower. I'm in like, the, I'm in like the the lower 200s. That's about where I'm at. So, <laughs> which is, it's, you know what? That feels fine to me. I, I don't yeah. need to. Um, I also wanted to talk about while we're, while we're still in the sort of gushing about the game section. 
um, the writing in this is so funny. Like oh, yeah. the, the sort of like <laughs> random things like, no, it was just a child go like, you know, whatever <laughs> the name is. It, it, the, how does it work? Is it like a random name generator? Or you just have like a table yeah. with like a bunch of them that like it. No, it's, it's randomly. Yeah, it's randomly <laughs> generated. So there's basically a system that um, stitches together like three parts uh, of a name. So it's like a start, a middle and an end. And, and those are made up of like huge lists of like mm. stuff that I entered and then and then kind of whittled down to like some good, uh, you know, good, good entries that give good results. And um, when they're stitched together and it will just pick a random, random start, random middle, random end, and then mash them together. Cool. Um, I absolutely and that all it. came out of like that, that was kind of a, another thing that emerged from the, like the kind of simple one button beginnings. Um, the reason was that like, I, I didn't want to initially, so my initial idea was like, n no, you wouldn't have to press any other button to play the entire game. So like the oh. whole menu system should be one button as well and it was kind of like almost like a joke that i was trying to <laughs> take as far as i could and eventually like i did actually give up on that joke because it was just i could see it was just annoying people who were trying to just get through a menu and like trying to figure out how to use the menu system <laughs> but, um, but like i didn't want to kind of bog down um like the flow of the game with with like a name entry system and i and i also didn't really have any good ideas for how to do that using just one button um so so i ended up like just randomly assigning a name at the start and that's like your kind of that's your pilot mm. um so every run is like a different pilot that's being sent out mm -hmm. uh, against this like just impossible horde of aliens yeah um, it builds then, out the world in a fun way because it, it sort of feels like you're mm. it's almost like an ender's game kind of a thing or something <laughs> like that you know where like these children have been training for years in the background <laughs> yeah. and then you just throw them at this like bug horde and they, they all they die like constantly yeah yeah well and it's also, like a starship troopers like yeah exactly yeah, exactly the fodder it's also <laughs> it makes it so that like you it like it really is that like you know like it you just all you have to do is then just like keep pushing the button that you're you're pushing and you're like suddenly playing again right like it's it's it is kind of brilliant like like mad genius like evil genius brilliant you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> right. sort of like like it really feeds into like you know my compulsive you know problem i think where i'm just kind of like <laughs> i want to keep playing game now push button you know like okay lost game push button my team is playing again keep going uh so that was actually like that was one part that i did stick to was like to to get back into another game you should just be able to press that one button mm -hmm. the rest mm -hmm. of the menu where it's like you know going into your volume settings or your full screen settings okay. all that kind of stuff like i i conceded on that and i was like this should just be like easy to use yeah stick to the joke to that extent but like and to me that's where the game falls apart is when it, it stops being a meme game entirely i checked out immediately um but yeah like that that kind of like repeat like getting back into the action was was really important that pacing kind of well i th i think that's a, that, it's an interesting segue uh eric did did you have anything you wanted to cover right there or we no i was actually i kind of just wanted to i wanted yeah to, yeah to jump back to go to go back and definitely for a little bit if that's my, yeah my my question so you know one of the interesting things about this is is chatting with someone like you who has a ton of experience building games and stuff like that uh, i'd love to, as a bridge to talking about sort of your earlier stuff when do you feel like your skills in game making became like refined to the point where 
you could have an idea and sit down and build it out confidently as opposed to having to learn as you go a little bit more when you were building stuff out? Like, when do you feel like your mm. skills and your taste caught up with each other a little bit? Um, uh, probably never. <laughs> it still hasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I don't that. know. I'm, I'm still learning a lot of stuff as I go. Um, but I, I, I guess, like, there was quite a big shift around around switch and shoot actually like when i made that um because it was my first proper like commercial solo game i'd made games on my own before but they they were like long before the whole indie like indie was even a word you know mm. um talking like early 2000s rpg maker stuff mm. so it's like no one was kind of making money it wasn't really like a serious endeavor it was kind of just you know throw stuff out there and hope someone likes it um is that the legion but- saga trilogy yeah yeah legion saga you've done your research (laughs) i am very curious about it it's cool that you made like rpgs back then (laughs) yeah yeah like they had quite a few downloads i think they were fairly well known uh like among the community um which is cool like it was a really awesome start for me in in making games Uh, it was a lot of fun um but like yeah i guess i guess like so like working on oddworld i learned a lot like I was really kind of, it was a really um, intensive period of, of really kind of running full speed, like mm. right in at the deep end. Um, lots of, um, lots of learning like processes and how to like, how to kind of like focus my attention in the right places and, mm. and use my time more effectively and, and like think about the right things you know rather than just like learning how to use the tools how to Mm. like how to actually build stuff it was more like okay actually like improve your workflow um Mm. so then when i came to making switch and shoot it was like okay well like i know how to use unity um i've been using like a visual scripting tool so i wasn't actually coding at the time but i could i could use that well enough at the time um and now i kind of know how to like focus my time and focus my energy onto like actually putting something together and shipping it um, which I kind of failed to do a lot of the time <laughs> well, before that, that you know that's cool and interesting right like because because it is game making is so technical in a lot of ways right but at the end mm-hmm. of it like you you need to have a, like an artistic expression and so like so mm-hmm. that's um yeah, I don't know. You know, we've been as we've been doing this. You know, Han and neither of us are are game makers or designers, or you know, we have no real coding experience. We really, yeah, zero. We have like no. Like, there's no reason why we are do, like nobody should pay attention to what we. Have to do. But <laughs> but I do think you know. But I think that we've been trying to like figure out like okay, so like we're doing this thing. Uh, and you know, the idea behind this thing is like funny to us. Like, let's try and play you know, over a thousand games, right. And talk about each one of them. But I, but one thing that I have been thinking about lately is like, like game design is specific and it's relatively new as far as like creative arts goes. Right. And so mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, there's no, I don't have a real question here. But it's like, it's sort of like, no, but I mean, like, you know, whereas, whereas like if you were a guitar player, right. And, and, you know, you would like, there's like kind of a one-to-one aspect between like, you know, your, your creative input and the output, right? Like I put my, my fingers here and I strum and and then I can hear the sound. Right. Whereas for, I think you, right. Like there's, there's, 
kind of different levels and elements to the process. And it's interesting to hear you say that it is sort of about workflow management. And I wonder if you could speak mm-hmm. a little bit to, to, to that, why that's important and, and, you know, kind of what, you know, what that means. Do you think of yourself as being um, like an artist or is it more uh, like a craft, like a craft work? Um, I'd, I'd say right now it, it feels more like a craft and in, and in many ways it feels more like, not more like, but it, but it does feel very much like a business at the, for me mm-hmm. at the moment, because mm-hmm. like, not, not that I'm kind of in it just to make money, but like, that's far from the truth, but, but I do want to be doing it long-term and I, and I do kind of have, um, responsibilities. Like I have a family and, and making money from it is like something that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, and is it like a major concern of mine, like all the time and, and factors heavily into like how I'm, what I'm making and how I'm making it. And, mm. um, yeah, so definitely like the, the practical side of it, like really drives a lot of my decision-making like, way more than kind of what I, like when I, when I kind of, like when the first sort of indie games were really taking off, like say about 10 years ago, I guess, um, I was really sort of swept up in that, like that whole sense of, wow, it's like, you can, you can make a game on your own and it can be like exactly what you want it to be. And like, mm. screw the man, like, you, can, <laughs> you, know, you can, it can be your own artistic vision. And I got very, very swept up in that. And, and that was what I wanted to chase. And like m- nowadays it's much more like, oh, you really need to <laughs> think very carefully about whether that's realistic or not. You know? totally. I mean, like it's a lot of, there's a lot of work, right? There's a lot of work between, you know, that initial concept and like what you have mm. on the other end of it. Right. Like that's a, that's a huge yeah. time investment, right? Like even switch and shoot, which, you know, is a button, like it's a game where you're pushing a button, right. And it's just one, but you're like, that's like nine months. That's like a year of your life, right. Before any yeah. sort of like marketing or anything like that. Right. Or like, uh, so that's, interesting. yeah, that's cool. Also, one thing very funny, we could probably, well, I'll probably cut this out of the podcast, but Dan Fest, the guy who makes the cabinet, uh, yeah, me and him listen to the same improv podcast. We're like both patrons, oh, okay. patrons of that too. So we connected. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, I was listening. You know, I like your podcast from when you were guests on the improv one. And like, I made the cabinet for that, for that. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Uh, he's great. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, he makes the like full size coin up uh-huh. arcade cabinets. Um, and, and he has his own business, like building those and, and selling them. Um, uh, and yeah, like we, we connected a few years ago now. Um, he approached me about like whether I wanted to do a, an arcade cabinet for switch and shoot. And it's like, yeah, that's like yeah. A, a perfect fit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like, actually that that's, um, I'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of another extension of the joke of like it's just one button because the arcade cabinet <laughs> right. does just have one big red button. Yeah. It's like, this has, it has to be that. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you can't do it any other way. It has just to be one big red button. It's incredible. Have you, have you gotten to big. play it? The, the full size one? I have a, I have a smaller version. Um, cool. I, I can, well, anyone listening can't see it, but it's right up there on top of my cabinet. Awesome. Yeah. That's um, great. My shelves. Um, that's terrible for, for radio. I shouldn't have done that. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, so he, he's based in America. I'm based in the UK. So, um, 
all of his all of his business takes place over there um and it's like it's really expensive to get stuff yeah. of that size shipped out here so i mean it's it's three thousand dollars just for the base like thing mm. you know to buy it to for, for him to make a custom um cabinet for you and then imagine i imagine like it's probably another three grand to ship something that size to the uk uh, it may well be yeah some, something in that ballpark um so yeah it's just kind of like it'd be really cool like it'd probably be cheaper for me just to go out there and you know <laughs> go out there <laughs> right um so but he did build me this like half size one and i cool. take that around to you know conventions and um anytime i'm demoing the game oh cool that comes with me so i can just put that like in the boot of my car and, and take it out with me how often um, do you go out to convent? Well, I mean, pre obviously, yeah, travel never, right? like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been going yeah. every weekend. It's been awesome. People are so nice. <laughs> There's no one there, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm there, and that's what's important. <laughs> yeah. Before that, I was doing I was doing a few like um, I was doing more kind of like earlier on, and and I started working on other games a bit more, so mm. so less so. But like I took it to EGX 2018. Um, took it to Norwich Gaming Festival uh it's yeah probably a few others that i'm not thinking of but like lots of local events as well here in here in leeds we have like um lots of like retro game kind of just like nights in a thrown in like a function room in a above a bar or that kind of thing you know where you just like pay pay a fiver and you're in and you can like play a load of retro games so like cool i join in with that sometimes that's right which is really really cool yeah um so like lots of smaller stuff, like, yeah, like, like a lot of smaller stuff and a few of the bigger conventions. My uh, my son's downstairs right now, like I was trying to get him to sleep in in our bedroom because normally he sleeps like. I was gonna say I was like, wow, he's got like a sort of a teepee behind him. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't let him sleep in that. But I'm just gonna put him in the TV. How old is he? <laughs> He's like two and a half, coming up to two and a half. Awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, he, like he would normally sleep in the room, like right next to me, but we didn't want to wake him, so so he's like sleeping in our bed now, <laughs> which I think he just really enjoys. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's the best sleeping in your parents' bed. That shit rules. And yeah. uh, speaking of sleeping in your parents' bed, we also had uh, a luxurious experience playing these three games from the bundle. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Incredible. Smooth. Still got it, baby. <laughs> uh, the games we've played this week were Magic Trip, Sheep, Sheep Dreams Are Made of This, The Adventures of Elena Temple Definitive Edition. Uh, why don't we start with Magic Trick? Um, it, it's developed by Magic Trick, uh, Merit Badge, Erica Lee, Boss Level Zero, Herman Wu, Kitty Nugget, Jello Lin, and uh, Giorgio Clinoramis. Uh, a 3D colorful, cute exploration, low poly open world pastel single player adventure skating game. Uh, magic Trick is a skateboarding adventure game about community. As the new whiz kid in town, perform magic using rad skating combos, explore the whimsical city, and socialize with your wacky new neighbors who could use more magic in their lives. Um, so, Matt, I just want to pause this for a second and say that. There may not be a game more designed for Eric Roth in terms of two interests we've established on this podcast, which are one, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, which was a definitive game for Eric. And then two, playing as a wizard, which is something that Eric truly, truly like no joke actually does love. So 
the intersection <laughs> of those two things, it, uh, there's like, you know, granted, this is a little bit of a kid's game, but I think Eric really loved this game. And Eric, I'd like to <laughs> please get us started. What did you think of this? I absolutely loved this game. I, like, I, I just, I couldn't. I mean, like, you know, I, yeah. It's, it was. I. Okay, so it, yeah, it is like, imagine almost like Tony Hawk Pro Skater in kind of a like Animal Crossing world sort of like aesthetics, yeah. like aesthetically. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, like it feels so much like a PlayStation One game. You know, like it just mm -hmm. like it's cute it's adorable you know like and you're like doing skateboarding i don't know like what the fuck great job yeah, well right? like well, <laughs> like this <laughs> i mean like i've got you know i've got some like you know nitpicky kind of stuff like here and there but like let's just let's just sort of like sit in like the good vibes it's a good vibe game good. this is a fun little good vibe game Up i mean around, you're grinded on stuff it's you know i and you're a wizard and you're learning magic and like you're talking to pigeons and you know you're helping folks out i mean magic trick what a <laughs> it really is it, this game this game is it's a little bit of a demo i i feel like in terms sure. of like if you're if you're downloading it um you're not getting a full game experience but i w within buying a demo or sort of signing on to a proof of concept there is quite a bit of game here you can sit around and play it for like two hours probably and really enjoy yourself and they've done a very good job of making the core mechanic of it pretty fun like it's it feels good to travel around and skate and interact with the villagers and the graphics are really nice. It reminded me a little bit of a short hike, mm -hmm. um, a game we played in the bundle, mm. just sort of like, you know, it's cute and silly and fun. And like, you feel charmed when you're playing it a lot of the time. You're having a nice time feeling charmed. Yeah. It kind of has think? the same sort of feeling of like, uh, it, it kind of plops you down in the world and lets you just kind of go off and find stuff and, and explore at your own pace and, try things in your own order you know yeah and the stakes um, are like pretty low right and it's mm -hmm. it does it does encourage exploration which is a thing that i you know i think is is you should you should always try to do in your game right like imagine if they were like yeah. now your wheel popped off now you gotta like grind in order to get a new wheel it's just like no that doesn't you know like it, it some of the challenges are tough like i couldn't get that kid out of the tree like i just like <laughs> i couldn't do it <laughs> Eric, that actually makes me really sad because spoiler alert: after you get the kid out of the tree, the little bunny kid is just hanging onto your neck as you're skating around for the rest of the. And it's if you want, it's so oh. cute, and you're like skating around. You're like, oh, I don't want to drop the kid back off with the dad, and then you do finally. You're like, okay, that was fun. I had that was cute, and then you talk to dad, and the kid's like, can I ride your back again? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> and he rides it again all over the level, which is cute. It's fun. Uh, that's rad, Matt. What do you what do you think? What are you? What, any thoughts? Uh, so this was the one that I played least of all, but that was more down to just like running out of time, having other other stuff going on that yeah. I, I couldn't time to. It wasn't because I, I didn't like it. Um, I thought it was cool. It was really nice. Um, I liked that you like the, the name is is like a big clue into what to expect, which I didn't even really realize going into it. But, but like the way you're doing tricks, um, like skating tricks. 
actually are like embellished with magic so they're like magic tricks as well which is just like as soon as i started doing those i was like oh right magic trick okay. <laughs> i didn't even get it until just now to be totally honest <laughs> I, that's really fun <laughs> that was cool like that was a really interesting twist on it i thought that like you were doing stuff like summoning a, a ramp out of thin air and yeah. then like getting up it instantly like that just felt really really cool and just like I've never seen anything like that. In it is. Before. Yeah, it's rad. I mean, like, you know, if pretty much if you're going to make a skateboarding game now, right? Like it's, it's like, how is this going to be different than Tony Hawk? Right? Like you can't make mm. a skateboarding game and not just like immediately be compared to Tony Hawk. And then, you know, and in this game, they're like, there's a Hawk that teaches you how to like, they're like, we know that this game is inspired by Tony Hawk. And if, you know, in the in the like the question of like what makes this different it is that like magic yeah you can like magically yeah. make ramps come up in front of you like that's fun that's smart they did it like it is that like very clever and you know like i think it i think i think it's hard it's got to be difficult to i mean like it's fun to skateboard in a video game right like it's fun to just like move through a world in that way that is just like a compelling and tactically satisfying way to like you know participate with a interactive world it's just like be on wheels and then like you can grind on stuff and you can do tricks um and if you fall off the world <laughs> you know you'll you'll come back um but like to add that that element the magic element is is um oh man so much fun yeah magic. i just i want to be a wizard in a thing i want to be a wizard and i want to be <laughs> uh what a, it couldn't be more tailor-made to my <laughs> unless unless they did like if they had gone like you know like sega style graphic you know if they had gone mm -hmm. in the like you know like sick you know like 13 year old boy <laughs> sort of aesthetic or like you know maybe then but i don't know that's that's kind of been done already so like i don't know what a fucking fun it's okay yeah <laughs> fucking fun <laughs> i uh yeah so final thoughts uh uh, Matt, we usually just say pass or play on these games. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll start us off. Big time play on this. You know, it's four bucks on itch. It, if it sounds charming to you at all, if you like, uh, if if you're a person who likes playing Animal Crossing or a short hike or some, some sort of these cute, relaxing games, this game uh, at its core, it's fun to just skate around and interact with these people and to sort of be in this world for a little bit. It's not a very big game. You could play it all in a couple hours, but I really believe supporting a project like this is really worth your time. Just, just I'd love to see this be like a bigger game. I'd love to be able to sink like five hours in this thing and explore a world a little bit more and, and have a lot of fun with it. Um, so definitely mm -hmm. uh, check it out. I'm a big time play on this. Uh, Matt, why don't we go to you next? Yeah, I'd, I'd say play as well. Like, I think it's it's like I don't, I don't normally play skating games that much, um, but I could see definitely if you do and you're looking for something a bit different, then this definitely ticks that box. And if you are into the kind of um, like you say, Animal Crossing, um, short hike, whimsy kind of style, then that ticks that box as well. So yeah, play. Yeah, I I'm a play too. I the the like one you know kind of like. Uh, frustration I have with this is is almost the same frustration that I had with like the original Tony Hawk, right? Which is like sometimes like navigating and actually like you like in this so much of this game is about like 
interacting with these characters and stuff like that and sometimes it can be a pain in the ass to like you're like doing like donuts around them and you're like no no yeah, no i totally. just want to like get a little bit closer to this person um <laughs> <laughs> fuck um but yeah i mean like you know i and i this is fun it's great it's a skateboarding game you know it's a skateboarding game with these like cute aesthetics to it i just i don't know like it it and you're a wizard what the fuck like this is it's almost perfect you know like uh, <laughs> stop making games they, they made the perfect game they made magic trick <laughs> <laughs> sorry matt yeah it's, you had a good run man <laughs> you know that's all right my work's done i can, <laughs> I can retire uh, <laughs> all right um next game so that's three plays that's a triple play books next game we played was uh sheep dreams are made of these this um oh sh- excuse me the next thing we put is Sheep Dreams Are Made of This uh, by Mini Chimera, a 2D atmospheric dark hand-drawn puzzle platformer. Description, Sheep Dreams Are Made of This is a looping platformer focused on telling a deep, mature story themed around recurring nightmares and traumas of the past. In Sheep Dreams Are Made of This, you control a man stuck inside the same nightmare for 17 years, where he takes the form of a sheep that can do nothing but run, jump, and collect fragments of his long-forgotten memories. Um, this game was, I think, th- this is one of those interesting games where I am glad I played it for a little bit longer than I thought I should because it it, it doesn't make itself incredibly clear at, at first run through what exactly it is. Um, basically, you are there's got to be a word for this game uh, for this maybe a German word, Matt. You know who knows? But like, there's a, a bit, you're you're a platformer and you're constantly moving forward. You can't you can't stop. And really, what you're controlling is uh, jumping and how high. Uh, you jump at a time. And as you're running through the levels, if you fall down, you actually fall down to a different level. Uh, The point of it is to collect all of the boxes that are sort of on every level. Uh, But what you realize is you are stuck in a continuous loop. So if you miss a box the first time around, uh, as you're going back through, you catch another box. So you're trying to catch 100 boxes for every level. And then apparently at that point, hopefully, this man can wake up from his awful nightmare. But in between the sort of interstitial scenes, as you're loading a new level, once you complete sort of one of the platforms, you get filled in with uh, stories from this guy's life. Uh, so the art is is really interesting, but it does handle a little clunkily sometimes. So at first I kind of was like, oh, this is just like this guy's rough idea of what it is. And it's like not fully baked, uh, really. But it, it is pretty fully baked in terms of like, realizing what the core concept of the game is, even if it is uh, sort of a little bit rough around the edges. So there's more going on here than it, it, it looked to me at first. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, Eric, let's start with you. Yeah. So I, it's, it's definitely strange. I, I mean, I think I kind of just, I agree with you pretty much. Like it's the aesthetic of the game is like, is cool and creepy and it's sort of like it feels very it's like a very evocative uh almost like an like expressionist game right like it, mm-hmm. it's and and to that end like sometimes it's not exactly fun right like you're just sort of mm-hmm. like it does feel like this like like you know rough dream but like that's cool like there's something cool about that, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like... It, it's effective in doing that. It's not pretending. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, I don't I don't know. But I, I did... I started to get frustrated with uh, the responsiveness to the jump. You know, right. you know what I mean? Like, so there were just times where I was like, 
I want to be jumping. I'm pushing jump right now. And, you know, by like my connection with like what this should be, where you're going right. to be jumping right now and, and the responsiveness to it, that started to like get aggravating to me. And so this game where you're not really able to control anything except for that jump mechanic and that jump mechanic just not very interesting it's almost like a one button game. <laughs> it's, a it's a high no. jump low jump so yeah, that's not right. quite a switch uh, what a amazing to play a one button game <laughs> yeah who, who would make something like that <laughs> yeah some kind of psychopath out there uh matt what do you think uh if i'm honest i i found it more frustrating than interesting totally. um yeah. like I hate to dunk on it, um, but I, I just kind of felt like I didn't really get to make any decisions while I was playing the mm. game. Like I could, I could jump, and I could choose when to jump and what what height of jump I could make. But I was really just kind of going through these loops, and the way it's structured is like you'll go through these kind of teleporters that will just like zip you to another place. You don't know where you're going to end up, and then instantly you're somewhere else, and you've got to like, react to something that's that's right there in front of you. Um, and then you'll go through another one, and then you'll like come back to where you were before. And it was kind of like I'm just being sent around a roller coaster, mm-hmm. having to press a button at the right time, and not ever really having any way to plan ahead. But but the way the game was structured was like you were having to go through and and like work towards this long time goal of like of picking up all the cubes it, it felt like i needed to have some control over how i was going about that like which which like jump being able to control where i was jumping to go through the colored door that i needed to get through to get to the mm-hmm. things i needed right yeah I, I didn't have any sense of like being able to influence that or have any say over that it's almost maybe like... that is an aesthetic choice but i don't know it, didn't really land i definitely think it was i mean that was the impression i got was that like you know you're stuck in a nightmare and in some there are aspects of this game that are very as eric was saying unfun to play you know Mm -hmm. like and that definitely uh happened to me i was like oh i see oh this is sort of by design but i think that's exactly right is like the if the core of this is jumping you know and the jumping doesn't feel good then it's like then that's unfortunately for me that's like the 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 deal breaker you know it's like yeah i mean it's it's strange it's a strange game i feel like it's the game is almost designed for you to play it for like a very long time so that you kind of have a general idea of you know like oh okay i actually imagine playing this game for a long time and knowing you need to jump at a spot and because there's one box somewhere on like level three or something (laughs) and like having to figure out how to actually get there i mean like it's it's such a like it's a big they took a big swing i think in a lot of ways right like there's there's something Mm. to me that that's compelling about you know being able to fall from like level one you know world two to like level three world or like you know like there's that's a inter yeah there's some interesting concepts in this game that don't feel totally yeah fully fleshed out um well that's the thing too i'm like you know i played it for long enough to kind of see what it what it was hmm. like in the long term but i definitely didn't play long enough to actually experience the frustration of of how hard it could be later like i didn't get to a place where i only had the hard to reach things left and like i need to figure it out i could start to see sort of like 
when it become frustrating and even sometimes when you're going through different stuff will happen like mm. you'll be uh, suddenly you'll go the other direction on a level that so you'll funny. be going backwards on it which means that you can get stuff that you haven't accessed before but it doesn't seem like there's any way to control that and sometimes you'll see in the background sort of a, a bigger view of like the level you're on running through yeah so because like suddenly the world planned. is like twisted yeah. and like yeah, yeah. exactly it, that was kind of yeah, interesting. There's stuff going on. It's like there, but it, 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 Matt, you're totally right. Like that's not accessible through a power up or a choice you make. Mm -hmm. That is completely left to random chance. Which, you know, if you want to sink in a ton of time on the off chance that you might get the thing you need to get to be able to get the thing done, then this is the game for you. You know, <laughs> if if that doesn't seem like fun or it would be more frustrating, then it's probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's get, uh... What do you guys think about final thoughts? Let's do it, uh, Eric. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, yeah. I, this is this is one of those those strange ones, you know, where the the kind of pass or play thing sort of starts to fall apart, right? Like it's mm, almost right. like it's not like a binary game. You should you maybe just want to like hop in and experience it because it's so strange and it's like very strange and unusual you know compared to any other platformer we've played i think right like but at the same time i also didn't have a ton of fun playing it right like there was a point where <laughs> where you know there's like cut screens or whatever there was one where he's like i'm naked and i was like that's funny and then there was another part where where he was like oh no not again and i was like i kind of like you've created that feeling in me too right like you've created this oh no not again feeling in me which is like you know, if we're talking about like video games as, you know, art, right? Like this at like, and this is maybe a surrealist piece, then like, yeah, cool. Give it a try. Check it out. But as far as like, do I want to, to, to play this game again? I'm not, I'm kind of a pass in that way, but you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, I'm a, you know, play if you're into like, strangeness and pass if you want <laughs> you know you know play magic trick if you want to play like a you know a, a fun game where you're a wizard skateboarding um what about you matt mm. yeah i think that's a pretty fair summary um i'd say like if you if your favorite bits of of twin peaks was like the five minutes of a guy sweeping a floor then <laughs> you should definitely play this game um <laughs> but but if you're me, <laughs> then then I'm gonna say pass. Gonna... <laughs> um, I I probably a, a play on this one just to pick up. It reminded me of the other platform we played, Circa Infinity, which takes a platformer idea. The, we played it with Rachel Ferguson, Eric. It's where you're stuck in the globe, and you hop into the different circles of things to get further in. And there's, uh, they also oh, did like yeah. a cool. They did a cool thing with platformer mechanics and that. There is that cool thing in this too. It feels like a pretty tidy little game, which I appreciated. Um, but the bottom line for me, and Eric, you touched on it, is just like, if this is a game about jumping, the jumping has to be yeah. like so correct. And the jumping, the feel of the jump is like more frustrating than it is fun. And if that's a choice specifically to do that, like, okay, more power to you. But like, I would just like to be able to have a greater degree of control of like the height at which I'm jumping and making sure that I can get a specific thing when it goes by so that the controls themselves aren't frustrating. You know, yeah. it's something beyond that. Yeah. Um, Agreed. 
okay. Uh, so I'm I'm a I'm a a play, but like only if I don't know. It's it's not like an enthusiastic play, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so we played one final game uh, this week, which was the Adventures of Elena Temple Definitive Edition by Grim Talon a 2D 8-bit black-and-white classic retro pixel art puzzle platformer. Description, The Adventures of Elena Temple is a monochromatic puzzle platformer made to look as if it were created in the 80s. Overcome obstacles, figure out how to advance, collect everything in sight, find all the secrets, remember your childhood while doing it. Progress through the game's three dungeons through nonlinear exploration, then unlock the new game modifiers and re-experience the game in whole new ways. This game is a cool little game. Like, what they got going on in this is cool, and I've never experienced anything like it before, I think. Because it takes the level, uh, like, the idea of a retro game and contextualizes it in, like, a really weird sort of way, which I had never Mm -hmm. experienced. But the core game is, you know, your uh, character sort of running around a dungeon collecting coins, and uh, you have a, a bullet. You have to collect bullets for a gun you have that will, like, unlock or open things, so you have to kill monsters with it when you die you sort of spawn back right away so there's no permadeath or anything uh it's not explicitly a very tough game but there is quite a bit of like retraversal and like going back once you figured certain things out um as far as i could tell there's no extra power-ups you get after you develop the gun like there's no way to expand the um number of bullets you have or anything like that i I could be wrong maybe you have to play longer to start to do this stuff so it's not like a metroidvania kind of thing um you just sort of like get smarter as you go along and, and realize how to interact with the world in, in different ways or have to backtrack after you've realized like what it is you're doing. So you're collecting all these coins, which then unlock other places. I only played for a second, but what it's doing that is so weird is you can switch between the different styles of uh, presentation for the game you would play. So there's one option that is like an old Atari kind of set sort of thing or a Commodore 64 thing. There's one option that is like a Game Boy, one that is like a, a sort of like a, an old uh, PC. And you are playing literally the screen of the game is on a like a monitor in a room where you would have played this as a kid. You can zoom in and zoom out on that thing, but they all sort of look different. I don't know. I was extremely charmed by that specific choice, even though it really doesn't impact the gameplay at all. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, I, I was really impressed with like the yeah. uh, the fidelity of that. Like it, they mm-hmm. they looked great. They were basically like you know they were photo real. Um, they were actually photos, I think, of, of the room, and then there was like a mock up of a of a kind of make believe system, you know, like console, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they looked they just looked like so convincing and so accurate that it was it was hard not to be impressed by that yeah that was really cool i also like it 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 tells a funny story right like the you know i think that like we've we've played a handful of games (laughs) that are what what are you laughing at this story was funny i agree with you (laughs) i was just thinking about like the the core of the story is very funny well and we've played a handful of games that like will want to just like shove exposition down our throats and they you know the the designers of this figured out a way to shove exposition like to shove exposition down my throat but like but like with like a sugar pill right it was just sort of like you know like i wanted to keep reading and so i kept reading right like it was just you know this this it, it like tells this like story of the game designer up top and like so as you can go from like you know that like early macintosh to like you know an early you know nintendo go they're calling it and then nintendo gone uh and then like a type of 
a Game Boy. I can't remember the name of the Game Boy. It was like Game Thing or something like that. But yeah, it's this yeah. like this designer who like wanted to move out of their <laughs> their <laughs> parents' garage and they like kind of just couldn't <laughs> became their parents' accountant. <laughs> I don't know. It was yeah, <laughs> like the really story well was done. just shitting on the sky. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, yeah, and, and it's totally separate from, um, you know, it's totally separate from like the actual platformer, right? Like, there's no real like postmodern bleed through between the two in a lot. Of, it's just sort of like the platformer itself is just like they kind of just wanted to make like a fun, you know, '80s style or like early '90s style platformer, and like that platformer is good. Like, it's it's hard in the way you want it to be hard and it, it it's you know the fun in the way that you want it to be fun it's like cool cool level design hmm i disagree okay. <laughs> i love it i love it i love it <laughs> um the for me the platforming was was where it fell down the most i was really kind of mm-hmm. conflicted on this game because i thought like the presentation of it was so cool um, this kind of like feeling that you're like tr- um, looking back through like an archive of old games, almost like the, like a, a legacy of, of a single developer. That was really, really cool. Um, but the actual playing the game itself, I just kind of bashed up against it a little bit too much. Totally. Um, like the platforming in particular, I just felt like there was so many spots where I would jump to, to get on a platform but like the ceiling's too low and I'd bump my head and then just drop back down again. And I mm. missed the jump. Uh, like that happened over and over and over. And like all the platforms just kind of felt really like you can't kind of jump up through them. Like you would in, in like Mario, mm-hmm. you know how like, like if you're below a platform, you jump up and then you'd land on it when you come back down in this, it was like you, you hit your head on it or you hit the side of it. And like, it kind of felt like everything was really, really cramped and, and mm. there wasn't quite enough space to to do all the things that it needed you to do Mm. um but having said that like it that definitely added to um a feeling of the kind of games that it was representing of that era like these kind of um like i think they were really actually big in europe uh, on like on the pc at the time um like amiga and like amiga games and that kind mm. of thing like everything was just a little bit kind of wonky like it didn't have that sort of nintendo elegance no one had really figured out good level design kind of conventions yet and and things were a little bit rough around the edges um but yeah it had this really really cool world that you wanted to explore nonetheless and you sort of like fumble your way through it yeah yeah the, I, the lack of nintendo elegance is a really good way to put it well Matt. i it, think it, to me it felt that like felt like part of it i don't know like like i hmm. i got you know we've played a handful of games that are like game boy games and they're almost too like too nice good you good know? now yeah, yeah it's are, you, are like, you thinking about tiny dangerous dungeons i Eric? am thinking about tiny dangerous this yeah. reminded me of tiny dangerous dungeons me too me too um which i think tiny dangerous dungeons is is you know in the way that like switch and shoot is like 
fun to play in a way that like you know like space invaders isn't fun to play right <laughs> you know like this mm -hmm. game does this game felt like my experience as a child playing the like these types of games right where i was like okay i got frustrated you know it doesn't pass my spike test right like if i hit the spikes in the wrong way you know i die and that's like, i know but, completed does not pass your spike but, test, which but is very to me funny. i was like oh <laughs> this is you know they're trying to recreate this type of a game so like that's just going to be a part of the element of this and then like when i was in rooms you know with like transporters or stuff like that like the puzzle inside of the the constraints that they kind of offered themselves which was to make like this like kind of like uh, frustrating like frustrating feeling game i you know like that's where that's where i became impressed right like when when you're trying to figure out like oh okay i need to wait to jump onto this platform it's going to disappear I'm going to get onto this next platform and then I'm going to like transfer. And that's how I'm going to get this coin that's over there to me. That's where I was like, Oh, okay, this is cool. I like, I like this. They've, uh, they've done cool level design inside of those, you know, constraints that they offered themselves. One of the things to me that is interesting to think about is like, you know, I think you're, you guys are both correct. I probably lean a little closer to Eric because I was ch charmed enough by it to enjoy myself. While I was playing it, but, is the degree to which, you know, games like this have gotten better since then because they have built in like quality of life improvements like the Nintendo elegance we're mm. sort of talking about, Matt. Like, is it just lazy to make a game that is ignoring the, you know what I mean? Mm. Like why, mm. like this game specifically, it feels frustrating to play. Sometimes it doesn't handle very well. And that was my only concern about the last game we played. It's like, I like this, but like, it doesn't handle well. Like, and if it handled well, then it would be good. And it's like, this one doesn't handle well. And I'm okay with it for some reason. And I don't <laughs> I don't know why that is. And is it, uh, well, I do know why that is because it's supposed to not be that way. And I am willing to give it that, which is interesting. You know, um, I give it that grace, that sort of space to sort of be like, I get what you're going for. I see you. I'm charmed by it. I understand. As opposed <laughs> to in the other one where I'm like, uh, you know, I really just would like this to be easier to jump when, you know, it's time. To um, I always find it's a really, a really hard line to tread because yeah, like how how do you know what's intentional like what's intentionally yes. kind of frustrating and like of the era that it's yeah. based on mm -hmm. and what's actually just kind of like it's not been done very well mm. um yeah like or you know it's it's the result of someone who I, I don't mean to be too harsh but like you know maybe it's the result of someone who's inexperienced and and hasn't kind of figured out the best way to do things just yet um which is fine you know like everyone everyone has to start somewhere I, and i don't know whether this developer is inexperienced or not but like yeah it for me i always feel like it's it's cool to evoke those retro kind of feelings but at some point you do have to provide an enjoyable experience for yeah for and i mean your the, your game is like how do i make the most kick-ass version of this thing possible which is what we responded to so much you know what i mean like it, which is right. really interesting you know Right. You should set like, out to make the best game you possibly can. So that's fun. <laughs> I think a very, very valuable um, angle to have on it. It's it's not necessarily the way I like to, I experience games exclusively, but from a development perspective, how could you not feel that way? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess like, I, I don't mean to imply that everyone should be doing things the way I do things either, because like, you know, whatever you want to make, make it. Well, you, cool. you know what's funny is is i think that like doing this you know alex and i get really 
we're like, you know, we don't want to like hurt people's feelings, right? A lot of these things are, you know, like they're creative outlets for people. And then like all of the designers we've had on are so much harder. <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. I love and it. And it's like, yeah, because it makes sense, right? Like you're you're part- you're you're experiencing this in a different way than than I am, right? Like I'm experiencing mm. this only at the the like kind of user interface level, whereas you're like probably thinking of, like you probably have matrix vision on i'm imagining right like you're, <laughs> you're seeing the code as you're playing it and you're <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe not quite to that degree but like um it's it's very hard not to notice things that could be different mm. um mm. or like notice things that i would have done differently and then and then that does always beg the question was that intentional or not sure and it's really unclear when you play like games from this bundle especially because there's such a range of skill levels from the developers and and styles of game that like mm. you know it could be it could be anything i love that i think that's an incredible place to leave it um unfortunately we do have to say pass or play uh i'm gonna play on this one i thought <laughs> I, I was charmed by it and i enjoyed sort of carting around don't know if i'll ever come back to it but if you're someone who likes sort of these kind of older style games or wants to feel a little nostalgic there's enough going on under the hood in this thing to to keep you at least um pleased for a for a little bit um uh matt why don't we go to you next mm, uh, i i did have frustrations with it but overall i thought it was a cool experience um and very evocative of, of a certain kind of era of games um and i would say play if you're interested in that kind of thing for sure uh yeah i think i'm also a play i think the those the the storytelling up top hooked me right and you know if it had just been jump me you know if they had just kind of launched me into these this game or these games i might have had a different uh opinion of it but i think that because they uh figured out an interesting way to contextualize it and you know each individual you know world or whatever i i think um has has you know fun little puzzles inside of it i you know i think between those two things it, it makes it a play for me and then yeah if you liked you know computer games in 1989 or you know those early game boy platformers you know that are hard like legitimately hard and yeah not just hard because it's hard but hard because you hit your head on the fucking platform sometimes yeah. like, <laughs> the shit god damn it <laughs> <laughs> it, you know and it's not punishing right like if it had been more punishing i probably would have been like i would have thrown my laptop yeah. across the room but like you know you fall on the spikes and then they just like you're like in the lower corner again right or you're, that was you're a huge like, redeeming factor yeah, yeah it's like you fell for platform and you're back on the one you just jumped off yeah so in yeah. that way it's also not like those early games right so you're mm. in some ways you're right they have oh made... interesting so they had that's one against it you know what i they've mean made like, some, like, yeah, yeah they've made some concessions they've made some quality of life adjustments <laughs> you uh, didn't even notice them when they happen because they're just like that's what you want to happen right? oh like, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you're like good. oh god what if i had had to like you know after in the third world like start all the way over again like no yeah that would have been fucking infuriating but that would have been so much more that would have been true to form in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> so yeah. All Matt. Right, Matt, thank you. Matthew. Dude. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's been this, this was a real great. pleasure. Oh, thanks. Do yeah. you have um what are you working on right now? Do you have anything coming up? Any any how can mm. people find you? 
What do you want to plug? Yes, I I am currently working on a game called Dungeon Death Ball, uh, and it's a tactical roguelike-ish death sport um, turn-based thing um, where you have some prisoners in a dungeon and you're trying to earn their freedom by winning uh, a, a deadly sport against monsters. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks something rad. Yeah, it looks Thank really you. cool. <laughs> um, one of the games I didn't mention earlier was Vandal Hearts. I, I grew up playing a lot of Vandal Hearts, which is like a kind of Final Fantasy Tactics kind of thing. Um, and that had a big influence on the style of this game. Uh, and then uh, like a, a love for modern roguelikes as well. Um, so that's my current project. That's in early access on Steam and Itch and will be releasing pretty soon. Um, very soon, actually. It's nearly there. Um, all of my stuff can be found on mattglanville.com. I'm on Twitter at crowbarscar, S-K-A. Um, I have a Patreon, a Discord, mailing list, everything you'd expect, except TikTok. I'm too old for that. (laughs) (laughs) A man who knows his limits. Uh, Matt, we'd love to have you back on uh, when the game drops and we can talk about it some more. But uh, thank thank you you so much for taking the time. Everyone should follow him and check out his games uh, and check out Switch and Suit, which is, you know, Really, really one of the best games we've played in the bundle so far. So much fun. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, also, I should probably I should probably note that eventually you'll probably play another of my games in the bundle too. That's oh. right, three thousand. Yeah, I had two games in there. I'm excited. Can't wait. I am <laughs> not because you know, as a journalist, we'll have to be honest with how we feel about it. And what if we hit it, Eric? <laughs> I really like set the bar for kind of how how to rip into games. So, actually, I wasn't that. I hope I wasn't that bad. Oh no! Yeah, I like, think give you me your worst. I mean, like, you know, it's it's a strange project, right? To like, you know. But it's, I think it's it's necessary and important, right? Like some people haven't had like actual, you know, honest feedback. Like a lot of times you like, you know, you give your thing to your mm. friend and they'll be like, really cool, dude. And you're like, oh, thank you. But like some, it's nice to have people like actually, you know, like grapple with stuff in a way, you know. Yeah, for sure. I hope it's, that. It's very valuable. At least I hope that that's how some designers feel. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Matt, we're gonna have to have you on because we're gonna uh, we'll play through the Legion Saga trilogy and then we'll talk about it then and we'll, <laughs> we'll see. All right, okay. All right, we'll then see. you really can do your worst. That was all, those are my first games. <laughs> Oh, brother, that was great. And then Eric would say, I think we're getting really good at this. And I would say, I wholeheartedly agree, Um, which is true. (laughs) Uh, Our guest next week is Sean Rose, uh, a Chicago-based cartoonist, comedian, podcaster, and just general creative spirit. Uh, He's currently running the webcomic Red Ring of Death, which we talk about a little bit in the podcast. He's also just like one of my favorite online personalities. Uh, it's a fun episode. The games we play are Palace of Woe by Ouch, a puzzle lo-fi maze. Death Preposterous, a non-violent RPG by J. Ray Hawk, a role-playing 2D colorful controller, creative metaphysical multiple ending non-violent relaxing RPG maker game. And Guitar Fretter from Rob Stenzinger, a puzzle arcade guitar learning music game. Uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there, please. And track us down the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. That's it. We love you. I love Eric, and I love you guys, the listener. And we will catch you next week uh, with more Bundle Buddies.